You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there, folks. Welcome to episode 84, 515 Podcast. Thank you, John Wayne. I already got the thumb up. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Highlight of my day. This is, I'm Jason Priestmeyer here with John Wayne McMahon. Obviously. Dwayne. (laughs) Dwayne McMahon. I remember that from the other day. Yeah. John Wayne. Obviously. How are you doing? Dwayne. This is um, episode... 84. We're going to get right into it. Yeah. We have a time, a kind of a... Yeah, a, we have time crunch. A time crunch we have to... So we'll take color one, right? <laughs> That's right. We're going to go straight to the phones. Um, Missy O'Day. Um, this is coming across my screen. Yeah. Uh, did you make that up? Is that no, real? <laughs> no. No, I didn't make it up. So, uh, great segue. Past week we talked about the Missy O'Day missions... How do we think missions? How does that unite us? That's kind of, we're in the Kingwood yes. United conversation. And so the Missio Day is kind of what it, we preached on. We preached on out of John, sorry, I'm making noise. Here. John chapter 17, way that Jesus talks about that they would be one, but also sending them into the world. And so a lot of what we talked about Sunday was that God is ascending God. Mm-hmm. That mission originates in God. And so there's this word called Missio Dei that's been around since 1950s. Um, and really what's interesting that I wanted to share, because someone was asking me about this word and where it came from. Yeah. It's obviously a Latin word a Latin, yeah. or a Latin phrase, and it means the mission of God. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone, like, I didn't take Latin, but I, uh, hopefully we can all piece that together. It makes sense. Missio Dei yes. is the mission of God. And so in 1910, the first major world missionary conference in modern times took place in Edinburgh, Scotland. And that became the beginning of a whole line of these conferences where world world theologians and pastors and missionaries got together to discuss uh, what what God's doing around the world in different ways, which is really remarkable and yeah, a cool thing. Sure. Ecumenical. 1910? 1910 was the first one. Golly. And it grew to um, the council that was in Jerusalem in 1928, in a place in India in 38, in Whitby, Ontario in 1947, in Germany in 52, and in Ghana in 57, 58. But it was in the, the uh, Willingham Conference in July 1952 where they proposed a new model of understanding mission where they talked about theology of mis- mission. And it was proposed that clearly to clearly articulate this idea that God's redemptive action in the world precedes the church. Meaning that God is acting in the world before the church is. Meaning that the church should not perceive itself as the starting point for mission activity in the world. Yeah. Now, you hear that and you go, really, we waited until 1950 <laughs> to like understand that God's like working already? Yeah. But if you think about um, the way that world missions have taken place, particularly think about um, American missionaries going around the world they probably perceive themselves doing mission and kind of asking God to be a part of the yeah. mission. And a lot of churches thought of that way, and a lot of churches were organized that way. And it's really important to have a clear theology that directs how we do church and how we do community and how we do discipleship and things like that. Because if our theology or foundation's wrong, then it's going to kind of skew how we practice it. Mm-hmm. And so they realize that, and they're like, we've really got to clearly make sure ecumenically, world, that we're on this same page here and understand that God's redemptive action is something that we get to join him in 
and we're invited into, it's not just, okay, we're Christians now, let's go do God's work. (laughs) And and like, we're just going to go out as this army. No, we're supposed to, uh, first of all, God is already working out his redemptive plan Mm -hmm. with or without us. And it's our opportunity to join in because he actually wants to use us. That's his, his method of moving. And so that was the basis, the foundation of what we were doing Sunday. Um, and what we were talking, kind of talking about, That's that we need to understand that God sent Jesus into the world because of his redemptive plan. Yeah. And so then Jesus is bringing his disciples together and saying, I want you to be a part of our fellowship, and I'm going to send you out. Mm-hmm. So we it, think about how foundational, how important that is to understand I am sent instead of I am just going, yeah. but that God sends me into the world. There's power there. There's purpose You're there. With a purpose, absolutely. There's direction, that. all mm-hmm. of that. Make sense? I was going to say, uh, I was going to open with, this is a, a draft that I wrote, Yeah. was that um, basically go out and do what Jesus did. Yeah. The end, end of episode. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for listening. Yeah, we're done. Please we're done. Uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes. But, yeah. Um, so you really, you presented the seeing mission, uh, Kind of uh, the idea of we should look at missions from a new perspective. Right. Can you uh, give us give us kind of the overview of what, you know, this past Sunday and, and that's, that story? Again. Yeah. So, again, talked about the prayer and how we're sent, but I used um, Leslie Newbegin, who is a, a, a great theologian and um, really a missiologist by trade. I mean, most of his writing is about theology and mission, and so... Um, he present he presents like a Trinitarian uh, framework for how we understand what it looks like for us to join in God's mission, mm-hmm. for God's mission to already be a part of it, and for us even jo- going in mission is because He sends us, and so and to think about it from a different way. And so let me give you a framework real quick. I I gave us three things to think about: okay. Trinitarian, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the one God who is is bringing about mission in the world. And so how do we see mission through the Trinity? And so what Newbegin says is that first, we proclaim the kingdom of the Father. Um, And so by proclaiming the kingdom of the Father, we are saying that God is the one true God, that we believe in the God who has created us, who has redeemed us, who has brought us into the family, that the kingdom of heaven is already breaking through and that uh, we witness to that. So in this is how we join God in mission is by how we proclaim to the world around us that the kingdom of heaven is here, is near, is we're a part of it. That is what is important. Now, the, the easy way to remember that is faith in action. Mm-hmm. So by the w- way that I live by faith, by the way that I live in trusting in God and living in what is happening around the world, I am witnessing, I am proclaiming the kingdom is here, Mm -hmm. the Father's kingdom. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. And so Newbegin says, God's reign is indeed at hand. God is indeed active in history, but his action is hidden within what seems to be the opposite. In our world, we see suffering and tribulation from people, and the secret has been given to those that are in God's family. It is our job to witness to all the nations about that, joining God in the Missio Dei. So faith in action. The second one is sharing in the life of the Son. Remember that Christ is to be about the redemptive journey in the world. And so uh, Newbegin says this is called love, love in action. And so to see ourselves as an extension of Jesus' ministry, Jesus spends time with the disciples and sends them out. 
wait for the power on high to come. Go in, in Jerusalem and wait for the power. And when the power comes, you'll be sent into mm-hmm. the world. You'll be my witnesses in, in all of the world. Those same disciples are, are now thrown into the beginning of the church. And the church from that point on, from God's mission is sending people as missionaries into the world. Mm-hmm. That is revolutionary. Love in action. As we go to love the way that Christ is loved. Now that love means means um, helping people to walk away from sin in their lives, yeah. walking away from that which holds them and binds them, walking away from sickness and illness and disease and finding healing and reconciliation and peace. That means all kinds of things. But we become the extension of Jesus. That's how we join God's mission in the world, love in action. Make yeah, sense? Absolutely. I shared the story of, and I'll just share it again because it's meant so much to me. We went to see my brother in prison and uh, took my son to meet Logan, my brother, for the very first time. Luke is uh, 13 months old, mm-hmm. and he, just when we were about to get to take him the first time, my uh, Luke got sick with diabetes. It was that very weekend we were going to go to the prison, and Luke was going to go for the first time. We'd finally got it in the nerve to take a baby in yeah. prison, <laughs> and he gets sick. And so we're, now we're like, well, what does this look like? He has medical equipment. How can we get in? Mm-hmm. We didn't think we could even take the medical equipment through all of those security and all of that stuff finally get the right doctor's notes and all of that we take him and I'm sitting here thinking about how how revolutionary it is uh, for my brother to be able to meet Luke for the first time 13 months after he's born yeah he's only heard about this kid I mean it's really hard to fathom that the idea that yeah you can even do that in a prison. You think in a prison that's like that's like off limits yeah and, and at best yeah. you're like waving through glass yeah but you're able to. But take, my brother got to hold him. That's crazy. And so it was amazing. We, and my brother, like, I mean, uh, my brother took right to him, but mm-hmm. Luke, Luke took right to my brother, started playing with his beard and like crawling all over the place. And and I walked away from there going, man, that was amazing. Like that was really cool. I'm glad my brother got to experience yeah. that. However, like as the week was going on, we had small group, and as we were sharing, it came up in small group. Like I was really challenged by this. Actually, what what was happening is that God was teaching us about the love that God, that Jesus has for my brother. Yeah. Because Luke saw my brother completely unconditionally, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was loving. I mean, he was just, he's just accepting immediately and yeah. climbed into his lap and embraced my brother. And that's the extension of Christ in the world. We get to be that supernatural loving presence that that comes right into that space and embraces people in our lives. That's what it means to be love in action yeah. of, of what's going on. And then the third thing, the third piece of the Trinitarian framework is we are to bear the witness of the Spirit. Now, let me, uh, and, and New Begin would call this hope in action because the Holy Spirit is the presence of hope in our life, that it is by the Spirit that we cry out, Abba, Father, that we know we are saved and brought into the family. It is by the Spirit that we are given strength when things look dim. It is by the Spirit that we are able to face difficult circumstances in our job, tough things to work through, relationship disasters, dumpster fires we face (laughs) at home, whatever it is, it is by the Spirit 
that we are given hope that as bad as things can look around us, we know that God has already defeated death, defeated evil, defeated sin itself, and those things will not rule over us. And even if it looks grim now, there will come a time when Christ shall return. That's what the Spirit is saying to us and speaking to us. The Spirit is the source of hope. When we are filled with the Spirit, we are a source of hope in the world. We are to be hope in action through the bearing of the witness. And so that that's the Trinitarian framework. Yeah, and I love how, you know, that call to action that, you know, you've mentioned again before, time and again, it's just that when you see that moment between Luke and you make that kind of, it might not be even been immediately, it was days later when you looked at it through a different lens and said, no, this is how yeah. Jesus sees your brother. Yeah. Then for you to just say, man, that's a cool story, right. and then be done and... and all right, right, what's next? No, you've got to go out and share that. You've got to take that that right. that action. What happened in your heart with that realization? Well, and, think about next time, next time I go into a prison now. Yeah. Now I know that I go in God's presence, mm-hmm. right? That I have an opportunity in prison to my brother and to others to proclaim the kingdom. That I get to come in and witness to God's peace and presence in the world that may otherwise not be there. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm... <clears throat> I may not get to preach like this or have this kind of conversation or right. get to say these words, but I get to now be a bear, a witness to that kind of thing, to the Father's kingdom that's already there by the way that I'm calm or by the way that I see other people, by the way that I share with others. I get to be an extension of Christ's ministry in the world by the way that I love. Yeah. Even scary guards that have had bad days <laughs> and they're, they're yeah. rude to us as we're coming in or people that have tattoos all over them. I get to look past that and see people. And then I get to be a witness to hope, like to, to be a strength. Even when my brother is, is feeling desperate about situations, I get to now witness to the hope we have in Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit. And so that changes how I will continue to go into that place. That's how we should think about what it means to join God in his mission because God is already proclaiming these things in that prison and Mm -hmm. he is already about bringing his hope and redemption in the world. It is just I get to be in the fellowship of the Father when I decide to join him in that work. That's so great. Yeah. That's so powerful, man. Yeah. Um, You know, I I don't know. I read something the other day about – um, like churches thinking that their identity is just, oh, these are the missions we do. Yeah. And look at us, how great we are, right. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's real easy to fall in that trap because mm-hmm. anyone who's been on even a weekend <laughs> weekend mission kind of thing, yeah, yeah. You, you get that high and you're like, this is so great. And cool, everybody, look what I did, you know. But yeah. why... Do you, am I missing something? Am I, am well, I, am like, I like right for example, or? like su- subtly, like end of year reporting, or like as we celebrate what God's done throughout the year, yeah, we can list all of our achievements and missions. I have to do that for my job. Yeah, <laughs> so we, it we makes can, sense. We can list all yeah. these things, and that can really be a a temptation to see to see an opportunity to pat ourselves on the back, or, yeah. or we can start to stack trophies on a on a trophy shelf by mm-hmm. the way that we, oh yeah, how many how many different countries are, <laughs> is our church in right now? Yeah. Well, we have missionaries in like seven different countries yeah. and four different continents, you know, like it's mm-hmm. like, and, and we're all over the place. And the, you know, however, while I think it's good to have a diverse way that we are missionally serving the kingdom, I think that it's easy in that mode of thinking to miss the power of what God's doing in the world and to join him in what what he's doing in the world. Yeah. So here's why I think this is important because 
KUMC can continue to do a million different missions. And listen, I'm saying this out loud because this is going to sound critical. This is going to sound critical, but I'm saying this out loud because the people that are involved in missions are asking questions always about what we're doing. Yeah. We can add all of these specific missions into our resume and we can talk about what that looks like or we could pray about what God is doing around us. We could look at the things that we just can't get off our hearts and can't get off our minds. Yeah. We can align people that have these same feelings, these same urges, these same nudges. We can drop the missions that are maybe something we're just doing because we've always done it. And we can now <laughs> yeah. we can now join God in what he's doing. So in the city of Houston, uh, the, there's a huge problem with uh, foster children. So is God pointing us to join at least parts of who we are, mm-hmm. parts of the body of Christ here, to join him in what he desires to do with the foster problem that is here? And, and, and if, if we are not equipped to be a part of that, then God's probably not calling us in that direction. Yeah. Like meaning if if we um, if we don't have some of the gifts or like don't see ourselves being put, maybe there's another church that's doing that and there's a way that we can support that ministry in a different mm-hmm. way. Um, there there is a church that I was a part of before that um, desired so much to to have student ministry and yet they just didn't have anything that it took to kind of create a good support system for student ministry. Mm-hmm. And they spent all of their energy trying to do student ministry. And these other areas of their community were suffering that they could have jumped into and could have been a part of that they might have had more gifts mm-hmm. to do. And so as a church at KMC, how do we look at what God's doing in the world and believe that God's sending us to impact the world around us uh, in a critical way? So that's what it that's what it. That's that's a subtle shift in mind. Yeah, I can see that. But it shapes how we think and how we go and how we do and accomplish because now we're going in the power of the Spirit. We're extension of Christ, and we're going with purpose because we believe that God's calling us and sending us to do this. Mm-hmm. So I, I I I like to think of you know like okay so that you know that back to my analogy of one week of mission and it's like yeah you've got this high and you, you eventually come off of it what what can we do to maybe spread that out out over 52 weeks <laughs> or you yeah. know or just our regular day-to-day life to have that little moment that yeah. spark every <laughs> so the every last question is like the community right like what is community. how do yeah. we think about kumc this mm-hmm. question this question i think gets pushes us all right what is it what does it mean for the listener right now mm-hmm. how does this look day to day for us uh, all the time well as a church we should always be asking this question are we joining god in what he's doing mm-hmm. henry blackaby's experiencing god is all about what is god doing around us how do we join him the church should always be asking those things not just managing uh, budgets and ministries and programs and just coming up with cool ideas but what is god doing and how do we join him the same thing happens individually. What is God doing, and how do I join Him in that? And and I, and also, I think for the individual. And we did a thought experience Sunday. I said, call out a job or a career, and yeah. someone called out teacher mm-hmm. in both services. And we talked about what it looks like for a teacher. Um, someone called out a lawyer, and I should have done lawyer <laughs> in the second one. But let me just let me just use lawyer for example. Okay. 
as a lawyer, think about how different your life will be, your Christian journey would be, if you start to see your life through this Trinitarian framework. That in the courtroom and in the office and around clients and around the people that you're with, you begin to witness or proclaim the kingdom of heaven. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like having a peace that can't be shaken from difficulty around you, whether it's a bad case or a stressful case or it is long hours, but Mm -hmm. you are always witnessing to a kingdom that your priorities are different. So while everyone else is spending 150 hours a week uh, working stuff and abusing their families and letting their marriages go aside, you get to proclaim the kingdom because in the kingdom is a family that you're caring for because you've been put in responsibility Mm -hmm. with caring for your spouse and your children. You're proclaiming the kingdom by that. You get to become an extension of Jesus' ministry by the way that you love victims and clients and by the way that you uh, love people in losses and in yeah. wit- in mm-hmm. wins, the, the way that you see opposing lawyers or opposing companies or or all or co-workers, you get to be an extension of Jesus' love with every interaction as you see people and not just objects. So this past week we talked about um, here around staff, uh, we talked about um, conflict resolution and without going too far in a rabbit trail, we talked about this this kind of idea of modern thinking and and really came out of this this idea from Descartes all the way to um, philosophers like uh, Heidegger and this guy named Michael Buber and they would talk about that they, they eventually get to this point where we're saying we're meant for community and we choose one of two things we either choose to see the world with objects that are standing in our way mm. or we choose to see the world with people yeah. and a lot of times we only see the world of objects what's standing in my way what do I have to deal with? How are you inconveniencing me? How are you asking me to do something I don't want to do? We do this with our relationships and friendships. How do we get on the other side? Being an extension of Christ's ministry is to see the people around us. Jesus yeah. stops and sees the marginalized at every turn when all the people around him are like, no, 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 Jesus, we have somewhere to be. <laughs> yeah, we have to be over sure. here. And then finally, we bear witness to the Spirit because we have hope. No matter what's going on, how difficult things might be, we know who we are. The Spirit that lives in us, we can bear witness. The Spirit calls us son or daughter. We could do that in a courtroom, in an office. We can do that in so many ways, and we can be hope for all of those that we encounter. That changes that's how we do mission and join God in mission. That is me being sent into the courtroom or into yeah. the lawyer office. So yeah. there's a lot of different ways we can think about it. Amen? Amen to that. So let's back ourselves into the introduction of, the, of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, where have we been? And, and give us just that quick little uh, – I want to see the, the box, the, the box of the jigsaw puzzle, you know, the finished picture. Yeah. And where, where did we just snap this, this, this yeah, episode? In? Yeah, good. So from the beginning we talked about what it means to be the ecclesia, to be the purpose-identified church, to be God's gathered people that share a purpose together. Then we talk about what it means to be the house of prayer, mm-hmm. to be the tent of meeting where we – when we are together, we believe God's presence is faithful to be there with us. Um, then we talked about what it means to gather, why it's so important. 
important to worship together and mm-hmm. to break bread together and to be together. And now we talk about the missio dei, what it means to be called a mission. All of these fit together. Think about it. If we are the called people of God, if we share a purpose and we are the house of prayer, the tent of meeting, it is so important for us to seek God first and to know what God is calling us to do, to seek his face, to grow in his grace, to listen to him and be guided by God first, not moving into ministry and things that we're doing and then sprinkling a little Jesus on the top of it, but the house of prayer. And that house of prayer just starts to steer the ship and that steers the ship because in our gatherings, we're in the presence of God. And as we leave, we leave joining God in his mission in the world, but we would not know that if we weren't the house of prayer, right? Yeah. So all of these fit together. This is what unites us. This is what uh, the Spirit is doing in bringing us together and uniting us as a community, as an ecclesia, a people that are called by God and share a same purpose in the world. And that's to bring God's salvation to the ends of the earth. This is such a powerful series that I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Heavily heavily invested in it so so good give us a little taste just taste real quick of next week what does it mean to be methodist why are we a methodist church Neat. what does it mean to be That's wesleyan what is, what is the methodist flavor like what's unique about us from the other denominations in town oh, some, oh, yeah. some of those things we're going to talk about oh, cool. uh this week and then there's one more week after that what does it mean to be covenant people okay okay looking forward to it all right god bless y'all we'll talk to you later thanks bye-bye